0: This is the Real Digital Transformation podcast series, empowering technology and business professionals to succeed with digital transformation. Now, here's your host, best-selling author and series editor of the Pearson Digital Enterprise series, Thomas Earle. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Real Digital Transformation. I'm your host, Thomas Earle, and I have with me today, Eric Barton, former IoT architect with T-Mobile and currently technology architect with Post Netherlands. And Eric has deep experience with IoT technology architecture. And I'm looking forward to speaking with him about current IoT developments and specifically how IoT technology is being utilized in digitally enabled enterprises. But first, let me introduce Eric. Eric, welcome to the
1: show. Hi, Thomas.
0: What is your overall opinion and assessment of IoT as a field of practice, as a technology right now? How is it evolving? How is the adoption of IoT in general?
1: Yeah. Well, uh, that's a very broad question. So working at the telecommunications company, uh, we've been uh, quite early on already started with the development of the bringing life of the enabling technologies for IoT. So we've been looking at uh, bringing IoT-specific networks come to life. So I'm actually focusing on the LPWA networks uh, in the past years, bringing life uh, environment IoT and LTM networks. They were specifically designed for IoT devices and IoT uh, capabilities because the idea was that on one side you have IT, of course, just being internet, high bandwidth devices like cameras and uh, other audio devices or things like that. But uh, on the other side, are the idea that there will be lots of millions of devices that will only have limited things to say so smaller IT packages or packages of data transferred at a regular pace uh, just to giving updates on the status of uh, of certain objects in the, in the real world so this was the promise and these networks have been become live already and um, yeah we now see gradually the uses of these networks becoming more and more in use of course product development is uh, something difficult so that is taking a lot of time um, people need to experiment with these new technologies. Um, that has taken more time than the uh, yeah, what was expected, but now we see a real uptake in uh, the uses of this kind of uh, network technology.
0: How, Eric, how large are these IoT networks becoming? How many devices typically do you see uh, in an enterprise-scale IoT network?
1: Yeah, so you will have, uh, of course, different types of devices in every company. you uh, uh, You might see these devices that are tied to an object has to report in every year with a certain frequency. Those devices, depending on the size of the company, if you have remote locations and you want to uh, to monitor those kind of objects, um, you can see, for instance, for utility companies that will run into hundreds of thousands of devices because they monitor those kind of objects that are remote to them. uh, So that's a real benefit case for those kind of situations. Otherwise, for the normal, more IT cases, uh, for instance, for shop locations um, where you would have cameras and those kind of things, uh, just depends on the size of your, uh, of your business.
0: But there are proven implementations now where the volume of devices are going into the hundreds of thousands and the IoT technology architecture behind that remains stable. It can handle that complexity of network um, interactions and communication and it can handle that volume of data.
1: Yes, these uh, these networks are specifically designed for that. So it it relies on one part that the devices are mostly sleeping or mostly disconnected, but only only once in a while have something to say. And uh, these networks are also designed for that. So you can have hundreds of thousands of registered devices to your network. If they only talk at a certain frequency, then you can design for that. So um, yeah, they can really handle that. Think of, for, for instance, uh, parking sensors in many locations if you want to monitor that. Or, yeah, indeed, objects and utilities uh, where you want to monitor metering or, or fuses or stuff like that. Light bulbs, uh, all that kind of things can be monitored like that.
0: So, the amount of devices that are concurrently active at any given point in time will be a fraction of the total quantity of interconnected devices.
1: Yeah, that's the idea indeed for those kind of networks.
0: Do you see IoT networks where the devices are, they don't go to sleep that often, but they're basically active the majority of time, streaming data in real time, and the concurrent usage is much higher?
1: Yeah, but that would be more like the traditional real-time Internet of Things a real uh, high speed high bandwidth internet so the, for that you would need to have other types of networks uh, like the traditional uh, high bandwidth networks that uh, we all have in our houses so for instance yeah i said uh, like uh, cameras in the shops monitoring usage monitoring presence of people and, and the activities of people uh, and movements in uh, in site locations but also robots they need to have real-time connectivity uh, to visualize things and to uh, to assess things to cater for that uh, kind of bandwidth usage uh, nowadays, the, the talk is more and more to moving to these kind of processing towards edge uh, to be able to alleviate the high bandwidth that needs to be used uh, by these many applications uh, that also require uh, yeah mm-hmm. full speed processing of data.
0: I've also heard, Eric, that a common concern with IoT applications and a realization of this concern once they've been in use for a while is that the devices themselves are sometimes not properly configured to collect the most relevant data. And so over time, they may be collecting a lot of irrelevant data, generating a lot of noise in the data that is overall passed back to whatever backend data processing or data science systems are being used to analyze the data and that once those once you have thousands of devices out there having to then revisit how they're configured can be burdensome have you experienced this and have you what have you learned about the need to define data collection correctly on a device by device basis
1: yeah yeah that is ex- exactly one of the most typical challenges that you find in uh, in these uh, low power devices. If We also call them a, maybe a telemetry network. So devices that are configured to just collect data and do that at a certain interval. And then you need to be able to interact with the device that's mostly unavailable to network connectivity. So that is a, a challenge that many players and uh, manufacturers are looking at. How can we make this happen? Um, luckily, there are now standards for it and it's being developed. Um, there is also regulation ongoing that you need to be able to update your device also for security reasons that you want to be able to patch it for already already for security, but maybe also for a different business scenario. And there are, you can do that, of course, by going past all these devices that you have been deployed, but that's a very burdensome case. And um, so it would be ideal to do this over the air um, by remotely reconfiguring them. Yeah, nowadays uh, this more and more becoming a standard in these devices. Uh, so because couldn't...
0: I've heard exactly what you just explained as well, Eric. Organizations yeah. have gone out there; they've deployed many devices, they've collected lots of data, and then they realize, you know what? We're not collecting the right kind of data. We're collecting too much data. Whatever the case, you just mentioned remote configuration of the devices. <laughs> How common is that now? If I built an IoT application a year ago with a thousand devices, and I realize I should have deployed them or configured them differently, will those devices likely support remote configuration or is that something more recent?
1: I think it's more or less the standard now. It's you want to be able to do this. Um, So uh, in beginning, it, it was difficult to realize. But now it's being adopted and more and more uh, becoming the facto standard. You need to be able to change your device remotely. Anyway, how it's working or how it's, uh, how it's reporting telemetry, but also the frequency. And maybe also you want to be able to change it because of the network. You just want to reconfigure it.
0: So if I'm an IoT network administrator, I would have like a dashboard and access to all the deployed devices. And I can then just individually go in there and determine how much data they collect, what data they collect, and so on. Yes,
1: not individually. You would have a device management uh, application uh, or a dashboard indeed, where you can change devices and you would do that in batches, I would say. Uh, You can schedule these things to update devices in batches. You cannot overload the network because it's just a a very uh, narrow band network. So you cannot overload it with all these updates at once, but uh, you can schedule it for devices and these kind of platforms uh, allow you to do that.
0: And speaking of overloading the network, that's always been something I wondered about. If I have a large IoT network and it's growing, let's say I start with a thousand devices, I'm adding a hundred devices to it every few weeks as it grows, as I realize where else it needs to penetrate in in, in terms of the geography that it covers. These devices run on low bandwidth connections. And they connect to an intermediate layer, that a gateway, that then takes that and then passes it back via high bandwidth connections, if I recall correctly. And so how much data are we processing these days with these networks? And a second part to that question is, if you're limited to a low bandwidth network, but you have a sensor that needs to collect a lot of data in real time, what do you do if the low bandwidth network is insufficient? Do you just upgrade it to a high bandwidth network and just give it new batteries every day? Or how would you manage that?
1: Yeah, and in that scenario, I think you would need to uh, to select another network. Uh, so indeed, in we you, you would have set your low bandwidth devices separate from your high bandwidth devices. And for both, you would need to provide a network. The growing number of devices and the growing uses of your network can also be managed. You need to monitor that. Either you deploy your own network, if it's a private network for a low-power wide area network, you can manage that by adding more gateways. Also, these intermediary layers, which you talked about, you need to provide a different mode of connectivity. And that could also be a a wired or wireless connectivity. But nowadays, uh, even the wireless connectivity is getting more and more bandwidth. If you look at the 5G new network types, you can... uh, you can scale them out as, as okay. much as you like. So for
0: a 5G network, contemporary IoT application, let's say 100 devices, would it be common for them to be transmitting terabytes of data on a regular
1: basis? It would be something you need to uh, design your network for. So, But you can build. That is why typically these new network types, these 5G network types, whether it's private or, or you hire it for somebody, you need to... Uh, configure specifically your use case for it. It can be done, and then it needs to be designed. Uh, You can reserve certain bandwidth um, for your application. Even if it's a high, uh, like, terabyte bandwidth, you need to uh, design your individual use case and deploy the network for that. Um, And that can be done fixed or wireless.
0: You know, earlier you referenced business scenarios, and we've heard of the smart cities and the smart consumer technology that utilizes IoT. But... Let's talk a bit about its relevance to digitally enabled enterprises that want to grow an online presence or want to enter new markets, disrupt them, establish online corporations or lines of business in different types of markets. When we talk about those types of scenarios, the IoT, is it utilized in a consumer-facing manner? Or is it more there to enhance and allow us to keep track of and collect data associated with our backend activity? And not just data for, you know, trucks with GPS tracking or or satellites or external activity outside the office walls, but also activity within the office walls, within factory environments and so on. From a Pure business perspective, a digital business perspective. How have you seen IoT being utilized successfully, and how would you explain its relevance to those adopting digital business technology specifically?
1: Yeah, there are many cases. Uh, if you look, for instance, at, uh, at businesses that, uh, that want to improve customer experience, um, indeed these tracking scenarios help a lot. Eh? So, if, yeah, your meals delivered nowadays you can get very detailed defense of or updates of where. You, what status, even if your pizza is being cooked and uh, what state it is in, and then it's being delivered and where the delivery uh, is currently at. So that is already IoT, yeah? those kind of events. And also, I need to, uh, if you get your package delivered, I get more and more detailed every time uh, updates on uh, status. So that is uh, what businesses do to improve customer experience. On the other side, uh, we see a lot of businesses. Um, trying to deploy uh, use data for their use cases so if you reference look at uh, at e-bikes um, you get a lot of data from uh, from e-bike people are trying to capture that data and combine it with other kinds of data to improve the customer experience so looking at for instance uh, maintenance of your e-bike or looking at uh, where you are and where you can get support if you need uh, some directions or mm-hmm. things like that uh, those kind of things uh, Really, businesses try to improve it, but what they always try to do is to make sure that the data that's being collected is first coming to their business so they can combine it with other business cases and other businesses. Combining services to create a better customer experience is actually their goal. Yeah, I see that more and more happening. So every manufacturer of an IT device, it first tries to get as much data as possible from the device itself and try to make smart applications for it.
0: That's consumer usage we're tracking to an extent. But what about looking at our business's back end? Have you seen any deployments? The IoT network keeps track of internal activity with machines
1: or the environmental controls or, or whatnot? Yeah, many. For instance, we have a, internally within our company, we have a cleaning company that manages these carts and they drive around and they, well, the cleaning is, is actively busy, they also uh have a camera on board and they collect this kind of data to see what can be improved uh, within the office. And they also can see, uh, don't know yet upfront what they want to do with this, uh, but they do see benefits in uh, in collecting this data and and try to think of smart use cases for facility management of a certain building. And these robots uh, in factories, you also see this uh, close tracking um, of all kinds of events that might be useful in the future.
0: And so for that, we have metrics associated to measure performance and keep track of failure conditions and so on. And then that's something we have our backend data processing systems for in order to analyze that on a regular basis. So, I mean, it's quite diverse how we can deploy and utilize IoT technology, but what I'm curious about right now with organizations especially those interested or undergoing digital transformations and that have a more customer-centric focus, based on your experience just, you know, in general, the quantity of data being collected right now from IoT sensors, what percentage of that do you feel is actually being used to to apply customer-centric enhancements? And is that percentage growing? Because to me, I see the traditional IoT environments keeping yeah. track of geographical activity, collecting, tracking, measuring. But you know, you mentioned how it's being utilized more to keep track of consumer activity of products, but also the activity we may collect from other sources from our backend is something that we could also perhaps use to improve customer experience with our online systems with whatever line of business we're in how much of a focus have you seen on that and just roughly what percentage of the data do you think a typical business might be using for that purpose these days
1: I think it's a difficult question, of course, I cannot see uh, from first hand, but uh, I think more data is collected than is being used, of course. Uh, and uh, that is also because we need to still look at uh, use cases uh, that might be relevant for customers. So that you know, need to re- identify patterns of that you need to have a lot of data. So maybe just broad guess, I think 20% of the data is already designed there for a real business scenario that was upfront designed and all the other data is is there just to analyze and to see if you can find smart applications for it. There is also a second part of the data that's also relevant and not mentioned here. It is just the telemetry data from the devices itself. So what you can also do is uh, monitoring the next for the business data, you can also monitor the, the state of your devices. So, and also that kind of data is relevant for maintenance use cases. So you, if you want to maintain uh, your e-bike, uh, that you can collect the data the surrounding for the user case scenarios. But you also can do maintenance scenarios from the e-bike itself, looking at wear and tear and maybe the battery state and quality. So those kind of things is a second use case that companies are looking at to be able to operate the service that they want to provide in Mm -hmm. a high efficient way.
0: And speaking of customer usage of products that contain IoT sensors, has there been much concern or discussion about data privacy? Is it something, if I own an e-bike and I know that it has a sensor reporting back to the manufacturer activity and status data. Has there been much concern about that or has it become more accepted?
1: Well, that's a huge topic. And uh, there is, of, of course, lots of concern on how this is done. For instance, looking at the smart home area, I see a lot of people looking at solutions in their smart home that they want to have smart connected IT device that doesn't report to the business that is supplying their device. They want to have it di- data fully private. I can understand that. You can also have uh, businesses that need to cooperate together and then they need to share data that needs to be anonymized in some way. There's a lot of talk on how to do that. eh? So you need to create collaboration spaces or data intelligence hubs, what they're called, where you share data in certain levels of of authorization. And uh, that can be quite complicated. That's uh, a lot of talk is going about that. uh, How can we collaborate and share data together based on a need to know basis and a minimal trust scenario is actually what they call Mm -hmm. it. It's a complicated topic. You need to be able to work together, so you need to share data if you want to provide a combined service with companies. For instance, if you want to update a company about the status of their package and what's being tracked, you want to be able to really make sure that the, that company is has the right to look at this data. So and that for that there are special spaces created nowadays, uh, these data hubs where, where things are shared based on um, authorization levels.
0: Before we conclude, Eric, last question. Based on what you've seen and based on what you see now as it develops, where is IoT going as a technology? I know it has its flaws. It has, there are issues with battery life sometimes, with low bandwidth, with the reliability of the connections, with the complexity that an IoT network can evolve into. And I think there are standards issues, which we didn't talk about, but it's not as regulated as it could be from a technology perspective, but some of those things may be more or less important to different businesses wanting to use IoT. But where do you see it going now? How do you see it evolving over the next two, three years? What do you see as the main drivers or concerns that need to be addressed to make it more reliable and more prominent in IT?
1: Yeah, so I think IT is here to stay. At. So it's a development that will uh, will keep on growing. You might think of uh, cases that are not very beneficial to you, but still more and more things get connected. For instance, if in your smart home, if my washing machine or my dishwasher, they report back to the company, uh, but they also report partly back to me uh, if things are ready. And these kind of use cases might be silly in the beginning, but I see that it is very relevant for the companies to maintain a certain level of service. And also where I see uh, IT is becoming common. So more and more things will be connected and will be an ongoing business. I think that will not stop. And then we will get almost everything connected and where uh, will be the end. Uh, so everything can be seen. Everything can be monitored. All things can be tracked and re- remotely monitored and managed.
0: So from an adoption perspective, you see it growing. <laughs> How about from a like infrastructure perspective? Do you see new developments that will enhance how IoT applications can be built, improvements to their technology architecture, new standards or, or new types of devices that might make it overall more effective and powerful?
1: Yes, of course, the standards is a problem in the beginning. It's always if you are starting with new type. But I think it will be growing. And I also think that it will be more and more divergence uh, types of networks for specific use cases. So um, even currently, there is a lot of options already to choose from. And I think that will even grow for more specific situations luckily these new standards like what we talked about 5g they try to incorporate and have catering for all kinds kind of specific use cases where you can define dynamically network tailored for your IoT use cases business use case whatever it might be but indeed also for IoT. so will be more and more configurable networks also mentioned like that and for the specific use cases so what do you want high bandwidth where do you want low latency where do you want to have power efficient network all these types of of networks, you can demand them from a network perspective and to try to configure that, tailor that specifically for your use case. And that is where we will be going with these IT devices, I think.
0: Great, Eric. Thank you so much. This has been really interesting. And it's something that I feel a lot of organizations still need to gain a better understanding of for how it might apply to their business. I've seen some businesses simply categorize IoT as a technology only suitable For certain types of use case scenarios without realizing how broad and sophisticated the technology has become. And some further business analysis often reveals that businesses that never thought they would need it could actually benefit from it, can collect meaningful data from it, and can better understand and gain insights as to activity occurring within their business space, both internally and within their overall community that only IoT can provide because it allows them to establish a network of data collecting sensors that they have control over, Uh, not just the location of the sensors, but the, the nature of the data that those sensors collect. So it's quite fascinating how this can have such broad applicability. And I think it's something that will continue to provide new revelations for digital businesses as to new creative ways that it can be applied. So <laughs> uh, thank you again for providing us with your, your insights, Eric. Yes. We, I look forward to speaking with you again soon.
1: Yes, sure. Thanks, uh, Thomas, indeed. It is indeed a fascinating topic and I uh, really like working in this and I uh, keep on studying it. So uh, thanks for having me. And if there are more things to talk about in the future, uh, let's have that talk. Thank you, Eric. Talk to you soon.
0: Thank you for listening. Follow Thomas on LinkedIn and connect to the Pearson Digital Enterprise Series via social media at www.arkatura.com community.